Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of Secrets from the Saddle. But before we get started, I've got some coaching announcements to share with you. So this is super amazing. I have my um, four-hour cycling skills intensive that's going to be announced. Check out my website, sylviedaou.ca. And also, this is really, really important because as a cyclist, we need to think about our strength training. And I have just put together, I've been working on it for a year, is this cycling, fitness, nutrition membership that's online, on demand. You can get uh, workouts. I'm going to be adding cycling. It is super amazing. Now, I have a VIP special registration that's going on right now. It's going to be launching in April. Make sure your name is on there so you get the deal to get started right away. So go to Sylvie Daou. So that's S-Y-L-V-I-E-D-A-O-U-S-T dot C-A. It's in the description. Get yourself registered today. Don't miss out on another cycling fitness opportunity. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou. And I am so excited to bring you this amazing woman in sport. She has decades of experience. Jenny True, who is, are you originally from Ottawa? I'm actually originally from Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> so Calgary. And I've watched her probably the last 10 years when she started working with one of the cycling clubs. And that's where I got to know of her. I was watching her on the sidelines and I was always, you know, intimidated and like in awe of her. No, you're coaching. And I'm like, <laughs> success. So I'm so excited to have her here talking with us today and just sharing her story, you know, about how she got started. So welcome, Jenny. And I'll just do a little intro after we get you welcomed in. So thank you so awesome. much. Oh, well, thank you for the kind words. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, everyone, I mean, how can you not love talking about cycling? And uh, yeah, and as I said, I'm, I'm already incredibly flattered by everything you've said in the last 15 seconds. So let's give her a go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, like being a, a woman on the sidelines with her own club, like I just watched you and I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, but I, you know, now that I know your background, I'm like, geez, you had so much to give. Anyways, let's just introduce Jenny and give you a little bit of a background. And then we're going to dive into her story and how she got started. So Jenny True currently is the track cycling development coach for Cycling Canada. So she's been 
pulled in to Milton and she's working there. So she's based out of um, the Velodrome. Uh, Jenny moved to Milton in 2017, where she's accepted a position for working with the domestic, with a domestic, oh, domestic, domestic women's development road team, which is amazing. Stay with the women. Um, she's worked with the cycling racing in Ottawa, and we're going to dive into that. Um, her initial portfolio was the women's track endurance uh, next gen program, which is what you're currently working with right now. Yes. Now, uh, and also she added, of course, she added to the program, a junior program, yay, <laughs> and a men's track endurance next gen program. So this all happened the last two years. So she moved from Ottawa to Milton. She's now over there. She's responsible for daily coaching and the core of the next gen athletes over there as the main coach. So welcome, Jen. So here we are going to, I'm just going to ask like, how did you get started in cycling? Let's go back a couple, from what I know now, a couple decades. <laughs> and I'm so curious. I love hearing people's stories on how they got uh, started into cycling and um, yeah, take it away. Share awesome. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy when you start thinking back to, it's been a while now. Um, so I first got started in cycling. Um, I, I got to give a big shout out to my mom for this one. Um, I had been a competitive swimmer and soccer player team, at which point I got an injury and decided I was never going to make it as a swimmer, which concerns me now when I look at 14 year olds and I'm like, hmm, that was actually where I was at. Okay. Um, and so I, I started high school when I was 15. I played on the, te uh, the school volleyball team, which at the time was kind of four days a week, which was good. But I mean, I'd come from being a swimmer where we were in the water twice a day, three days a week. And then for another three days a week, you're, you've got two hours of training. So one of the challenges was that I had a, a lot of energy and my mom got really sick of seeing me just kind of lazing around on the couch. So she, she did a little bit of digging. We lived in Calgary and in Calgary at the time, um, there was a man by the name of Dan Frew who had started a junior triathlon club. At, in the late 90s, this was actually a pretty unique situation to be in. I think now it's not hard to find junior triathlon clubs, but in the late 90s in Calgary, it was the only one. Um, and it was a club called Triathletics. And Dan had a history as a swim coach uh, and had moved a big group through triathlon. So for me, that was um, a pretty natural kind of segue. I had moved out of swimming, um, as I said, because I was never going to make it, but, my, but I, needed, I needed that structure. I'd grown up, I started swimming when I was six, I'd, I'd done it for nine years where I was in the pool at least three days a week the whole time. So I, yeah, I was, I was vibrating a little bit and I needed something. So I started with triathlon. It was, it went pretty well, pretty straight away. Um, that summer I won uh, Canada or not Alberta summer games in triathlon um, actually on the strength of my swim, which was kind of funny at the time. The, the girl who came second took twice as long in the 400 meter swim, which took me about it was like six minutes or whatever and took her like 15. So uh, she was a much faster runner than me, but that was okay. Um, the funny thing to me now is that summer I did some Olympic distance triathlon. So you're talking 1500 meter swim, um, 
40 kilometer bike, 10K run. And when you looked at it, I was one of the first women out of the water. I then took an hour 20 for my 40K bike ride. So that's averaging roughly 30 kilometers an hour. <laughs> Uh, and then my, my 10K run was okay. Um, so uh, actually the worst of everything I did was the bike, um, which is kind of funny in retrospect. Um, so I started working on cycling because uh, my coach at the time was like, uh, this, if you're going to be good at this, you actually have to be able to ride a bike. Um, so over the next winter, we focused on the, the, cycle, or the cycling leg of it. Um, that spring, we were we were getting uh we were getting ready to go to a race in saskatoon we were getting ready to go to bikes on broadway um for the may long weekend which is hilarious now because um after then spending time in bc by the time you hit may long weekend the season's like half over <laughs> but at the time that was like the beginning of the year um and i have my mom's 1983 like down to friction shifter bike and that's what I've been racing on and training on and I wasn't very good like that was that was the honest truth of it, it I was uh it would have been the year that I turned 17 so it was my first year junior um and I had taken my bike into this store to get tuned up uh before we went to Saskatoon so the the night before uh we were leaving we were leaving on Friday morning for a three-day stage race and I went to pick up my bike uh, and the, the store had closed at 6 p.m. Um, and so I pulled up and I could see my bike in the window. Um, and I, I, I melted down, like I, I lost it. I, so I, I drove home, I called my coach, and I'm sure it's one of those things that in retrospect, my parents were just kind of like trying not to laugh, like as I'm like, it's the end of the world. Um, so I <laughs> called my coach. A friend of mine um, offered to lend me her bike. So I got to use her bike uh, that weekend. Um, and it was the first time I wasn't dropped instantly. And so I kind of caught the bug at that point. Um, a a little few bit months of a better later, bike than yours? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I came home and we bought me a new bike, used some of my savings that were going to be used to go visit my grandparents, bought me a, a specialized bike. Uh, specialized alley that I still have in my parents in my parents house in Calgary I love it it was a great bike bright orange it was, it was awesome I rode it for four years and uh right right from the second I got it I was like oh this is this is something man um, the game right <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean two months later I went uh to we we did a trip nationals in Abbotsford for road nationals and then track nationals were in Victoria the following weekend so I went um I was fifth in the time trial um which I didn't expect that was it wasn't on my radar at all um and then came so home with transition to road cycling racing like this is no no more triathlon this is like yeah like triathlon that's it I'm done yeah. with that I'm <laughs> once I once I went to nationals it was I was like oh okay um and uh yeah and got three silver medals at track nationals and that was enough for me to be like okay i want i want to focus on this bike racing thing um 
so, and at the same time, um, Dan was working at the time, it was the National Cycling Training and Development Center out of Calgary that had started in 1997. So he'd kind of transferred us all over to there. So the whole group was moving towards bike racing and, and a number of the athletes that were in that same group went on to be national team um, athletes. And probably the most successful was Travis Smith who was a medalist at the 2006 Commonwealth Games in track sprinting. So it was the, the, the success ratio of athletes out of there was really quite high. It was, it, it, Dan did a great job. It was pretty impressive. Wow, it's yeah. like he's still doing a great job. Yeah, he's, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would call him uh, one of our uh, coaching royalty here in Canada. Andrew's uh, trying to get him on the podcast. So (laughs) is that where you started like in 2004 to that started launched you into like the race team with Canada or yeah. So uh, we raced uh, again, what Dan had in Calgary was pretty special. Um, So we had a junior team through the bike shop in Calgary um and a really strong training group that that did that so the following year i went to na- uh, one sprint nationals uh the sprints uh in calgary i uh, came second in the tt and third in the road race to Geneviève Janson actually so it was kind of an interesting journey there um sent me on a year of trying to be a track sprinter which was pretty non-successful if we're entirely <laughs> honest um but well, you gotta good. try it right exactly <laughs> like, yeah good learning good learning um it prepped me well for some of the position stuff that I get to do now which is nice uh and then moved forward towards uh Canada Games was a big one for me um in 2001 um which is actually funny enough where I met Chris my husband so um yeah, so that that was big on a couple of levels. Uh, then I uh, a racer as well. Yes, yeah, he he was there. I was with Team Alberta, and he was there with Team Ontario, um, and we had some crossover friends. So yeah, it's uh, it uh, then worked with uh, the Opus team under Dan for a number of years. Um, moved out to Victoria so I could train a little bit more. Um, did my finished my undergrad do it degree in 2004 2005 somewhere in there degree I I have a bachelor of commerce um my favorite story to tell is that I started in kinesiology in Calgary in 1999 and uh, a couple years later said what on earth I don't want to be a gym teacher what am I going to use a kines degree for and I'm like (laughs) I am now a glorified gym teacher that's actually my job shame about not having that degree (laughs) but uh Uh, you've obviously not needed it (laughs) through experience (laughs) you probably got way more out of uh, what you've been doing than you could probably at a university (laughs) yeah so it it kind of it takes you on these journeys right so um yeah and i i had mono in 2003 2004 so it was in 2002 i finished fourth in the elite road race we didn't have a u23 category that back in those days so um that fourth was a big big kind of step for me but then that following fall i got mono and so everything kind of got stepped back again uh, it took me a couple years um and then my my first kind of uh 
experience with the national team would have been in 2005, uh, where I got to do the Montreal World Cup and then the Tour of Greater Montreal, which uh, was a pretty amazing opportunity and um, makes me laugh a little bit now, just that the, some of the same people that came into my life then uh, were then in my life in Ottawa and then are, are still in my life. And I think that that's one of the big things that I think is hilarious about the cycling community is I look at, I look back at those 25 years and so many of those people are still in my life and, and that's pretty cool. It, it's pretty exciting. So. I mean, we've all like our stick around in cycling in some capacity, right? Just sort of migrating around doing different things and uh, working with different people. So you so you spent um so basically about six years was that would that be on the national team or kind of because you had um i was just looking at all your stats <laughs> like, yep. so it's like nothing then you had like this huge year and then i saw that you were you went to new zealand you raced there that must yeah. have been really yeah it was so chris and i graduated and we went over and spent the the winter in Australia. So it was like oh, our gap cool. year. Yeah, it was it was really neat. We 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 went over. Um, we took our bikes. Um, the first kind of week we spent in Fiji because it was like an easy stop on the way. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So spent it on the beach. Uh, then we we landed in Australia. Um, kind of bought a car for. $700 or something like that found out that it was like an aftermarket diesel converter which was something special like we're like we bought it in an underground parking lot and now you know like you're, ah. your adult like brain you're like that was dumb like that I thing could have blown up in there but yeah whatever um and we I have many of those naive yeah, yeah. moments you're like gosh what was I thinking <laughs> mm, I hope my kids don't do those things but yeah of course they will right it's like um yeah no and and then we we traveled around so we spent two months up in just uh off the gold coast uh which was a lot of fun did a lot of bike riding probably the most oh, cool. I've ever lived for that yeah. um I have some family up in Cairns we went up there for a week and then we we came back down uh made our way down to Melbourne uh, went down to Tasmania for three weeks over Christmas because they have like a carnival. So there was a bunch of track racing. So we got to do a bunch of track racing down there, which, which was really cool. Um, really fun. Uh, and then finished off the trip uh, just outside Melbourne in Geelong. So there was a World Cup and then a stage race. So we did that. Um, and then flew to New Zealand again, same thing, World Cup stage race. So was that was probably planned or did you just, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was planned. And then I actually flew to California, um, and we tried to do Redlands and I say try to do Redlands because I got time cut on the first stage because I was so messed up from having done the amount of racing over the winter. So, uh, it <laughs> probably was jet lag too. You're like. Oh yeah, it was, it was not good. Um, but you know, you live and you learn, right? Um, and spent that year on racing for an American club team, uh, Kenda. Um, met some good friends there, same sort of thing where you're like, oh, this is cool. I was really lucky in, I guess it was New Zealand. I was on um, a composite team with Tina Pitt, who is an amazing human being. Um, I got to learn a ton from her. So that was cool. What's her name? Tina Pick. 
she's uh, her and Laura Van Gilder are probably the two most winningest uh, women in criterium racing in the States. And Tina came fifth in that World Cup um, in a, you know, like one of those strange, like, come round. Uh, Sarah Ulmer won the World Cup solo in New Zealand by five minutes or something like that. But um, her husband is now our head coach here in Milton. So it's, uh, as I said, it's a small world. Um, but yeah, that was, it was an amazing experience for me. It, it kind of tied in some life stuff and, uh, and cycling and just allowed me to really see what that level was. Uh, I came home, as I said, I was totally rocked. Um, I think I showed up at nationals in Quebec city and essentially sat on the, on the curb and like wanted, like started, I may have actually started crying before we started the road race. So it was not, it was not pretty. It was not good. It was, uh, it was very bike racer. <laughs> I was like, I can't call the season then kind of went home. Um, I think <laughs> I called my, my Is that where you see the DNFs besides your name? Oh yeah. Like... Yeah. That, th those are those. I called my mom, my mom and my sister and I were like, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to Mexico. We went to Mexico for a week. I took, I took a bunch of time off. Um, and then that's awesome, though. In the fall. so it's, uh, yeah, just kind I of love that fun. my season's over. Let's go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just, it wasn't, it was non salvageable at that point. I was, I was pretty, pretty far gone. Um, I love your but, attitude though, because it's just like, yeah, you know, I had a good time. This is it. I'm done for the season. I mean, I mean, my my now mother-in-law took me to Quebec City that year, and um, I'm not sure she really understood what she was getting into as I cried day in day out for about three days, and she wasn't like, like committed to me at that point because I wasn't actually married. Um, and my my husband, like Chris, wasn't with us. He had gone somewhere else. So it's uh, but it, it actually probably speaks for me. Cry at some point. <laughs> yeah, it was. I can see it where, was like. Uh, is this what bike racing is all about? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Awesome. Also, really happy I didn't have daughters. Like, what is this? This I have this girl just crying <laughs> on the phone in front of me. So. Okay, okay, Jen. Yeah. So what do you do now when you have one of your racers having one of those moments? How do you do? <laughs> What's your good advice to them? Like, uh, just get on your bike and keep going. Or you I mean, sympathize. Yeah, I think it's, it's, you gotta let, you gotta let people cry. It's, uh, my favorite, my favorite story is we took a group of women to a team, up to a race once and there were five of them and four of them were in tears for different reasons. One was really happy she'd been doing so well. One was upset that she hadn't been doing well. One was injured and one was upset because she'd upset one of the other, like, it was like, and, and my husband, again, he's with me. What is going on? Why do all these people <laughs> cry? I'm like, eh. Yeah, it's just kind of it's uh yeah the, the number of tears that I've shed over my time in bike racing it's it's one of those things you give them a hug <laughs> I'm here talk about it we'll deal with it we'll move forward so yeah <laughs> that's hilarious sorry yep no it's all good <laughs> yep I just love your attitude around it too because it's like oh well <laughs> but not that you say you didn't go out and had a great experience in New Zealand and Australia. You like come yeah. back to Canada. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just done. <laughs> Did enough racing already. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it set me up the following year was 2000, uh, was the race year was 2007. 
Chris and I moved to Vancouver. Um, I, 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 I transitioned coaches um, after, I guess it was almost 10 years with Gan. We, we just kind of decided that it was time to move forward. Um, it was, it was, I mean, all, all coach transitions are really tough. Uh, I, I've been on both sides now, both as an athlete and as a coach. Um, but I think there, there are times where you're like, yep, I, I have infinite respect. I really like working with you, but it, it's time to move forward. Um, so it was, it was kind of the next page of, of my career. Um, my kind of breakthrough at that international or North American level anyways. Um, raced locally with, in Vancouver with a giant team. Um, and my big breakout was uh, I got third on the NRC, uh, NRC at the Tour of Somerville. Uh, and first was Teresa Cliff Ryan, who was a badass crit racer. And second was Kate Bates, who, again, for me, um, as with some track background, uh, was a pretty, pretty phenomenal rider, um, as she'd been world points race champion. So I, I was pretty excited to be on that podium. It was the most ridiculous, like at the time we were, we were coming in, I was sitting there, I was waiting to lead out my teammate and I heard somebody go Jenny go so I just went turns out it wasn't my teammate that said that it was somebody else but I went and looked over and I'm like huh and I crossed the line and it's funny you see the pictures the, uh, Teresa's got her hands in the air Kate looks a little ups yeah and I'm just kind of like oh, what's going on and um my my coach afterwards said well, what were you thinking about in warm up? And I was like, to be entirely honest with you, it was day three of three races. Um, and I was stressed because when I booked my flight um, home, I hadn't realized that it was because it was like race one is at nine and then it just listed the races. So I was like, oh crap, how are we going to make it back? Like the finish the race back to the airport. Like I might miss my flight. So I'm paying for all this stuff at this point, right? Like, <laughs> and so I'm stressed. That's all I can think about in warm up is that like, oh, okay. So when we finish, I'm going to have to pack my bike. And these are the things. And of course, it's the first time in my life I finish on the podium. So not only do I have to do all these things that I was stressed about in the first there. Place, I have to wait for podium. So this oh. is all I can like, think about, right? And I'm like, and so it's like, well, I don't even have a good story for you, coach. Like this, this is where we're at. I just wanted to finish the race really quickly so I could go home, but now yeah, I have to stick pretty around. Much. Pretty much. So, um, I mean, the interesting thing is the coach in me now is like, oh, it's because I had a really long sprint. So this person asked me to go and everybody was just sitting around. Cause if you've ever seen Somerville, it's this really long straightaway. Like it's like eight or 900 meters to the finish line. Oh, and God. so it's, it, it was just, it was just a drag race. And because I went from like 300 meters out and that's actually what I was really good at. I just didn't know it at the time. Um, I went and nobody could come with me yeah. <laughs> except for these other two. So it worked out and we made a lot of money that day because my teammate ended up fourth, which I mean, at the same time, maybe not the best lead out you could ever ask for. If I Like where are stuff. you going? <laughs> what are you me, doing? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, that, that was, that was kind of the breakout for that year. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it was really interesting for me because the, the team we had at home was so tight and had so, so many of my best friends and I, I kind of left being like, oh, I just wish my friends were there. I'm sad. Why weren't my friends there? <laughs> um, but you know, 
like those, those kind of cool experiences and 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 that that set the bar for me for the next few years um and yeah and so then 2008 i raced with vander kitten and, that was super uh, cool like i was saying yeah um, when i started my club i was searching around for other women's clubs and theirs theirs came up i'm like that's super cool i love like you said like their kit and they're like just badass women and in like cycling i'm like yeah so it was just kind of cool to, to find them and then i saw your picture in there i'm like no way <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and that was that was neat, a different experience. A team based out of uh, San Francisco, so I have some good good memories of team camp there. And there was the kind of three of us from Vancouver that were that were on that team. Oh, okay, um, I was wondering if you went down there, you just decided to go by yourself to join that team, or so you there's three yeah, of you. Yeah, just there were three of us. Um, my my. Uh, actually, both of them are still good friends of mine to this day. Mariah McGregor and uh, Leah Galoin. So the three of us uh, went, were on that team together. Um, got to do a bunch of U.S. crits that year. Um, pretty young, young team. So we were doing a lot of learning together, which that which, which was fun. Um, yeah, just great people, uh, and and it's neat to see see where they've gone now as well. Um, yeah, uh, and so that year, uh, I got to mix a little bit of national team stuff with that. Um, it was it was it was an interesting year because the, there was a bunch of people getting ready for the Olympics, obviously in Beijing. Uh, so I got to to race in Montreal again uh, a number of years later, uh, and then the Tour PEI, uh, which again I think was just an amazing time for women's road cycling in Canada that we had the, we had the world cup and then it was a day off. And then you had a four day stage race with five stages in it. And then you had two days off. One day was a travel day. One was a day off. And then you did another five day stage race. Um, oh, that is cool. That's a good concept. It and was, it was all in the East, right? Like, yeah. Like uh, what say Quebec to PEI. Yeah. No, it, it was amazing. Um, and, and I think if you, you look at a lot of our top performers now, so Leah Kirkman, Caroline Kenrell, Denise Ramsden, um, they were all at Joel Newmanville, they were all youngins um, when they first, when, when, when we were dealing with that. So they were coming through ju as juniors and got to get that density of racing. Um, it was huge. It was really, really cool to have that many Canadians getting that kind of opportunity and we'd have Europeans come over obviously but it wouldn't be the same depth so there'd be speed but not the same crazy depth as Europe so it was a nice kind of introductory it was very similar to the racing I did in your um in Australia and New Zealand to be entirely honest like you have some Europeans but it's not all Europeans right so you get a little bit of that if not without being like totally just like laid out <laughs> um yeah so well, I and, appreciated, and sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I appreciated the, um, the tour of PEI because at the same time, the Charlevoix, the stage race in Charlevoix mm -hmm. was going yep. on. And that year, it was 2009, I, I raced as a senior one too. And I went to Charlevoix and I won the stage race, senior nice. one too. And I was like, what? Did I just... <laughs> This is like, but 
you know, and then after the fact, I was like, oh, all the real racing girls are in PEI. So I was like, anyways, I'll take, and I came second in the crit and I don't know, the road race is always a mess. <laughs> and the, yeah, yeah the road, just survived the road race. But I came like third overall. Uh, That's awesome. that, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad <laughs> all those really fast girls were like over there. But I, and I just saw that. I was like, oh yeah, tour PI and, and uh, Charlo stage, Charlevoix stage race. I'm, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that was such yeah, a surprise. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it, and very different races too. Oof, very different. Like that, the Charlevoix just being so illy and so, uh, whereas PEI's big. It, it was pretty flat, which is the other reason that I really liked it. <laughs> to be totally okay. honest. Uh, Quebec, PI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, so that takes you to 2010 when you, yeah. you finished your season, or I would say, I guess, finished your race career as a racer. Is that when you transitioned into? cycling coach like how did that transition happen and is that where the cyclery came in yeah so um it uh it all kind of blends together and actually this is funny because uh two days ago i said to my husband i was like oh hey it's the 10-year anniversary since my since my uh cycling career ended <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it passes uh, fast doesn't it it sure does it sure does um so essentially yeah, the uh, PEI for me was the very pinnacle of, of my career. Um, I, I raced it the first year with the Atlantic team, which was a lot of fun, um, and got the top Canadian jersey on the first stage, which is kind of, you know, getting a jersey is something, it, it's fun, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's just a good time. You're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then the following year in 2009, took it again on the first stage. Um, and, but the, the, real, the real highlight for me was actually winning the final stage um, in, yeah, in oh, Charlottetown. Is that the time trial? Was, uh, oh, heck no. Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a crit in, in Charlottetown. And uh, it, for me, everything about that was, it was kind of a special day. I, I, de I desperately wanted a podium. It was just one of those things that I'd spend a bunch of time in Europe that spring, was just waiting for it to kind of come together. Um, and uh, yeah, and it actually did. Uh, it was, we, we were about halfway through a break it got up the road. And for me, there was, there was an Australian up there. Uh, and I, I think two uh, two Italians and there was just a point in the race that I was like it's now we got to go now um and I bridged up to the group with uh with a girl on my wheel and made it to, made it to the front group I uh, was lucky to have some good teammates in the in the main pack to keep everybody at bay and oh don't uh, you love that yeah <laughs> it was it was good uh <laughs> and then with uh two corners to go decided that that was my best chance took it again with with the benefit of hindsight it was the long sprint it was you know kind of 300 meters out and uh I think I I'm more scared the Italians than anything else that I took the corner the way I did I think that's actually what got it for me and yeah they like backed off or you just yeah, was yeah they were like what what tight? is she doing yeah yeah so 
I uh, got got probably about a 10 minute gap just off uh, sprinting into kind of the uphill turn and then made it and pretty hard to pass somebody with 100 meters on a downhill. So yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't I don't know. It, it's hard to beat winning and national team stuff on home turf. So luckily it was I got to do it because it was the last really good race I ever had. So <laughs> Well, you um, might as well go out with a bang and that's, exactly, that's the way exactly. it happened. And now um, you're like, now I'm coaching. <laughs> yeah. So it, it wasn't that straightforward. Uh, the following year, um, I struggled uh, again. I, because I'd hit, I hit something like 25 race days and 30 days and a transatlantic flight and, and essentially just burnt myself out. So finished, finished that race in PEI, came home, slept on the couch for 10 days had had a good go at Preston Street um, and then went to nationals and same sort of thing like couldn't get out of my own way um, did the time trial somebody asked me if I'd flat it out there on the course I was like no not only did I not flat my heart rate was 195 the whole time like believe me this is this is not um, had oh, kind of wow. hoped that I could podium or win watch the whole finish from the side of the road because I was just so messed up rest of the season had to take off would do would do hour spins at 100 watts an hour or 100 watts my heart rate would be 175 180 doing 100 watts I was I was really messed up so it took a bunch of time off spent that winter in Tucson trying to build up switch coaches again just because it was kind of again kind of got to the end I uh, was lucky to start working with Denise Kelly who um amazing Denise. amazing woman amazing yeah. coach amazing men mentor for me um and so we we worked together actually built myself back up to a decent place uh got to it was the first year of Gatineau uh was coming round the final uh roundabout in Gatineau with 300 meters to go in second wheel and an Australian girl ripped up the inside of me with 150 psi in her tires and I remember thinking hmm I don't think she can do that. And sure enough, she couldn't slid out, slid the whole front group out. Um, had somebody land on me funny and tore my, uh, my calf muscle and just put me out for the next three months. Uh, I tried, I fought, I tried, I tried to go uh -oh. to nationals. I tried to go to Fitchburg, but I, I didn't have the power. I just didn't have anything in my leg. So had to call the season again. Um, uh we were in ottawa by that point uh so so that was that was positive it was it was good for me being in a good environment denise was fantastic um went through the winter kind of was was building up as a road racer prior earlier in my career i would do kind of half track stuff half road stuff but it was really obvious that the road was where i was <clears throat> excelling at that point um so that winter i i did did a great, like, it was great training, um, different than I'd done before. I was really looking forward to the season. Uh, went down to, to team training camp in March in California. And on the first day of camp, um, we were doing lead outs and I went to sprint and I had a faulty speed delay pedal pulled out <laughs> and just flipped over the bars, scratched my whole face. Actually, you can still see, I have like some, Oh, like a little that bit of scarring on my to face me at Preston. Yeah, uh, knocked myself out, and that, or I didn't knock myself out. 
um, I don't know, I, I, I came to, but apparently I was always kind of with it. Um, and the concussion was really just the end of my career. Um, it wasn't as straightforward. In 2011, people didn't treat concussions the way they treat concussions now. I stayed in California. My mom came down, she babysat me. I was crying every night. I was sleeping 12 hours a day. Um, I still tried to get back on my bike. Essentially, I took a day off after being in the hospital, tried to get back on my bike. They let, they let me, which is kind of concerning in, in modern times. Uh, I went home because I also separated my shoulder and that hurt too much. So um, a lot of really, like if you ever want stories on concussion mismanagement, I got them. Don't, don't worry. I got them. Um, well, this makes you a good coach now. Cause you can, it, it does. <laughs> yep, like, it this is what we're not going to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I tried to start Redlands two weeks later. Um, I, I was the second last starter. Kristen Armstrong was behind me. She caught me within probably, <laughs> probably a kilometer. Um, by the time I made it back to where the team was set up, they had packed up and all left. So I actually wonder <laughs> if I didn't get lost. Like, I wonder whether, like, in what? retrospect. They didn't wait for you? No. Um, so, but I don't, wow. I don't know what it was. Like, it, the, that evening I went home, um, did a little bit of thinking. I said, oh, are you sure you don't want to just try? I'm like, no, I can't. I actually can't start tomorrow. Um, had to call Denise at the time and say, I can't go to Europe. And to Denise's credit, one of the most amazing things I think I learned from her as a coach, um, she didn't tell me I couldn't go to Europe. She made me tell her I couldn't go to Europe, which I think was, which was true. It was, it was pretty brilliant. Um, but that was, that was heartbreaking for me at the time. I kind of knew that that was the end of it. Um, but didn't really let myself believe that was the end of it until probably the following October. Um, I was pretty desperate to get back on my bike, but was lucky enough that through that process, Don Moxley in Ottawa, I ran into him and he said, oh yeah, why don't you come out? So he let me do some That's guest coaching I with him. I remember you starting yeah. in Ottawa is with Don. Yeah. So, and I remember they're like, Jenny True is coming. She's working with the OBC juniors. And I'm like, Jenny, who's this girl, Jenny True? Yeah. So Dawn oh, was huge in that. Um, I think it gave me a little bit of purpose. Um, I still shouldn't have been riding my bike. The actual nail in my coffin for, uh, for my concussion, I believe, was probably the beginning of June. I went out for a ride with a bunch of boys and essentially motor paced them for six hours. Um, and I came back and I couldn't get out of bed for a month. Um, and so that was, that was me. I, I mean, again, concussion mismanagement. I went to the sports doctor. She had me do a scat. She was like, normally I wouldn't let anyone with a higher score than I think it was 10 do anything other than spin for 10 minutes. I was by myself. I heard, but you're fine. That's actually what I heard um in in uh -huh. how I interpreted it so again when I when I talk to people with concussions when I talk to you know they treat them like they're children they're not making good decisions their brains are injured um honestly like I, if I'd had somebody with me to interpret that I probably would have 
caused myself a lot less pain. As it is, it took two years to get over it. Um, those two years luckily helped me transition to cycling. So one of the things that happened was that fall, uh, Vince from the cyclery said, hey, listen, I need somebody to be like a rider manager for the, for the cyclery team, the cyclery racing. Would you mind doing it? Would you be interested? And at the time, I didn't have a team for the following year. And I said, yeah. And I was still dead set on racing. And, and luckily, I, with, with the benefit of time, kind of got there. Um, Denise was great with me. Again, just kind of was really patient. Um, she brought me down to a training camp in the following February, again, as kind of rider staff. Um, and it actually wasn't until I was going down a downhill in South Carolina and just ripping it as hard as I could. And I realized that I wasn't scared and that I was okay with, like, there was nothing that was going to scare me off my bike. I said, hold on. I actually, I can't do this anymore because if I crash again, I'm towed. Um, and I'm not scared. I'm not going to back off. I'm a field sprinter. I'm going to crash. I can't do this anymore. This isn't healthy. Um, so it was, it actually took that chills, um, Jen. <laughs> to, to get to that point. Uh, Denise, again, just giving me the, that opportunity to be, to be that mentor in that mentor position, uh, gave me a couple opportunities to work as the coach for the junior program that, that summer, Dawn put me forward. Um, my first trip was to Guatemala for junior Pan Ams with the national team. Um, and, and so, yeah, the, you know, I would say that that trifecta of people. So Dawn, Denise and Vince really helped bring me forward into more of a coaching director role. Um, and yeah, and, and then started working with the cyclery the, the following year and um, kind of, it was we, the first, first year I had one of the riders tell me I couldn't tell her what to do. And I went, mm, I think I actually can. I think that's actually my job. Um, and then over time, Chris and I took, took, took the team and ran with it. And, um, the first couple of years had a lot of turnover, but by year three, we, we had a big, like a core group of girls that really bought into it and really focused on the team aspect for me I it, it allowed me to coach um, kind of develop that physiological coaching part of it um, but but the big part for me was always the team um, the team camaraderie how do you get people to work well together um, how do how you recreate that the team that I had for me in 2007 that, that I, I did something cool but all I wanted was my teammates there um, and, and, and I think we, we punched way above our weight as far as a team went. We, we never really had a huge budget. We always had huge support from Vince. I mean, you can't, it, you don't get people like Vince very often in the sport who are willing to just put in the, the time and the resources year after year after year. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and, and we were able to build it around a really good crew of up and coming um, Ottawa-based riders, which was fun, and, and, and really was that, that day-to-day, -day, like, how do I, for me, coaching is looking in somebody's eyes and being like, how are you doing? It's not writing a program on the internet and sent, hitting send. That, that, to me, is like, yeah, it, it's okay. It's part of the job. Sometimes it can be fun to be like, okay, how can we twist things around? But it's the actual looking in somebody's eyes. Um, so then, 
that that was that was just really the beginning of the coaching for me it, it came pretty pretty na uh, pretty naturally to me I'd always been a big organizer um half the teams I was on growing up I was the one that was planning how we were going to do it what we were going to do um and and the nice thing about the really practical in-person stuff is that I for as I said two years after my concussion I really struggled to sit in front of the computer um so I had to I had to change things a little bit um and I had been working as an accountant up until uh 2008 but I couldn't go back and do that that wasn't something that I was at um I worked for reform chiropractic for a while in Ottawa oh. and yeah um <laughs> that's when, funny because like that's where like, I met Emily <laughs> I was yeah, going in the yeah, treatments so I'm like hey yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she took the job after I left. Oh, um, that's so funny. <laughs> but when I first worked, started working there, they were three, like I could only handle three hour shifts. And I remember Chris picking me up and I was in tears because alphabetizing something was so hard for me. Um, and that was kind of, that was nine months after I'd hit my head. Like that was what those nine months had been. Um, and, and luckily I have great support in, in, the people in my life, especially my husband, who I'm sure I was not a very pleasant person to be around. <laughs> well, and, uh, having the cycling and being a cyclist and, you know, yeah. understanding from that, that standpoint makes, makes a huge difference. It really does. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I know for him, it was, it was scary at times. He, he kind of said, Hey, I don't know if you're ever like, this woman's ever going to be the same person that I married, but we'll see. And, and I think I'm closer. I think I'm back. Um, but again, it took a couple of years. So it, uh, yeah, it, it, it was kind of one of those things I took over slowly. Um, I was really lucky. There was, a, there's a women in coaching, uh, grant, uh, that I did through Canada summer games in 2013, which helped me get my competition development training in. It gave me a little bit more exposure to, provincial level athletes uh it fit really well because Emily and Annie were both on the cyclery and then they were also on the Canada Games team that I took uh to Sherbrooke so so that was that was really cool um and it just kind of helped start building that portfolio I developed a bit of a bit more of a relationship with Ontario Cycling um and just allowed me to kind of build that out right um, and, and yeah, and then it, it kind of went from there. Uh, I really, really loved, I, as a racer, I loved the game. Um, so being able to work on tactics, um, you know, like, how do you, how do you win this if you're not, you know, you're not the one to be, to be beat, um, and getting to use local racing to really teach people how to be aggressive. Um, and what does this, what does this look like to really put yourself out there and make the most of it? Um, and Chris and I were a pretty cool duo at that time in that he, he is definitely way more like strategically minded when it comes to bike racing. Um, but I was better at communicating that. Um, and I think also <laughs> just because most of the women that you deal with, they, they're not bike racing nerds, right? Like it's not the same as dealing uh, with a bunch of boys. Yeah. So you have yeah. to be really basic. Like <laughs> you gotta bring it back a few. Um, so uh, really had had a big group that we were we were all learning together. So I got to learn how to be 
how to maximize who I was as a coach, who I was as a director, who I was as a manager at the same time as these athletes were growing into um, the people that they were. Um, and, and for me, I think that that really is it, is that I, I love cycling. It's, I, I wasn't ready to leave. That's part of what caught me to uh, back, back in as a coach. But for me, the big thing now is that I, I want to help people be the best people they are they can be and and really cycling is a medium to do that um it's what i'm good at it's it's my passion but really at the end of the day i want to help these people be the best people that they can be and sport did that for me so i want to pass that on to other people and and that's really i i think the core of my coaching philosophy is you might go on and do great things and i hope you do um, and we get to see both Annie Foreman Mackey and Ariane Bunham at the Olympics in three months, which is pretty cool. If you think about a team out of Ottawa that needed, like, I, you know, eight years, eight, nine years ago, when we first started working with them, it's not like it would have been like obvious that that was the case. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but at the same time for me, like, you look at the person that Annie is, is a pretty amazing person. Like this is a girl who's currently going to medical school um, and training for the Olympics. And her, her biggest Achilles heel is that she's, she says yes to everything. <laughs> oh, and, one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Who are those people? Um, yeah, really? Well, I'm, so. I'm sure like, you know, she had some exceptional training and that's why like, I heard so many good, amazing things about you, like in the community. Um, and I was just like, man, it would be really cool to meet her. <laughs> Cause I was like, oh, and, and I mean, like just as somebody locally, like, you know, um, the reputation of the Psychory women's team is like, you know, like you see what they've been doing now. Like, you know, they've come a long way. And I mean, Vince, Vince does, like you said, um, huge support system with the you know with the um the the shop and and bringing in the right people obviously um yep. but now let's just transition quickly because i don't want to let this slip because well all great coaches and cyclists end up having kids and then what happens right so I know like when I was racing, I had two kids during the pro the, during the, the time that I was a racing B had to become a coach because I couldn't race. And, and, uh, but you have two little ones, um, age seven and four and, uh, and, of, and of course your cat. <laughs> He's my first baby actually. Oh, I know. I love my cats too. <laughs> Um, but how did, you know, like when you, cause I know like a, when I had my kids, um, they were at different times of the year, both of them, which hit different seasons in my cycling career Absolutely, my cycling career yep. as, as like accomplished as yours, but as a master's racer, I have enough little podium stuff over there to make like worth it. Um, so yeah, so like when I had my daughter at, she, in September, so I was obviously off season and, and I remember like when I went away for a training camp in the spring, that was the first time I left her. And when I came back, she was a totally different kid. Like our relationship had totally changed. She totally 
migrated to a daddy's girl and it was like I didn't exist anymore. It was the strangest thing. And I don't know if you've, and then my son was born in February. So literally I raced when I was pregnant in that summer, gave birth. And then he was like my sidekick on the, on the side. So you have kind of like the similar. Yeah, they're actually this almost the exact same time of the year, which is really funny, just flipped. Yeah. So Camden was born in January. Um, okay. No, and yeah, he was, he was my first, um, I'm trying to think where we were in the cycle the arc at that point. We were actually, it, the team had stabilized a, a good amount at that point. It was kind of the first year that we had what I would consider the core that went, that went forward. So that was Ellen, Annie, um, Ariane, Emily, I'm going to feel so bad because I'm going to, but it was the first year that we had the, the real core uh, of the team that, that is, that is the heart of it still today, I would say. Um, and uh, my favorite, my favorite memory from that summer was when we first told the team that I was pregnant. Um, one of them started crying, which was adorable. Like, awesome. Uh, another one asked us. Happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another one looked at me and went, on purpose? I'm like, well, I'm married and in my 30s. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pregnant on purpose. Um, uh, we, we had a few moments that spring where I just felt really gross and Chris had to like be like, it's okay, girls. Don't worry about it. Like, she's not contagious. We're all right. Keep going. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, Camden, Camden, we were, we were racing very locally at that time. Um, and so Camden traveled everywhere. He was, he, you know, you, uh, you got pictures of him. He was just part of us at a bike race. Um, that summer at nationals, uh, the Amy Lee's parents, the Brunos were our like super, super like parents that were there. So they'd have oh. they trailer and, and we were sitting in the feed zone and, uh, her, her mom was like, do you want me to get a bucket that he can sit in? It was so hot. I mean, you're standing at the side of the road. It's like oh, 35 <laughs> degrees. I've got a six month old like plastered against me. Right. He's, but he, he was pretty good. The amount of, the amount of that sort of thing. Um, he made it all the, we were in Bose. He made it all the way back to Quebec city before he lost his mind. Um, Ariane <laughs> was in the car with us at the time and he just cried the whole, and so I'm oh, sitting there breastfeeding him while he's in his car seat until he falls asleep so he just stopped crying um but he was a trooper the, the kid just traveled with us everywhere um the 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 summer the following year my mom came down to california and babysat him so that we could go do redlands and and so we yeah he he just traveled like the, the in the 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 year that he was two um was it the year that he was two yeah the year that he was two I figured he would have got he was two flights away from getting airline status because he just traveled with me um oh, so God. he did tw 23 flight segments that year um uh, I were just I, local thankfully <laughs> yeah well I mean that year we traveled a lot um I was really lucky my my in-laws um I came to different races my mom came to different races the girls loved him he was he was just adored by them I think it was one of those interesting things where we were truly a family at that point in time the the team and and Camden um he was like their little mascot 
um, he did a really good job of making it so that they could never be too cranky. So I think it got everybody out of their heads. Um, yeah, undoubtedly. Focus on something else. Eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but we were really lucky. All the girls loved him. Um, and, and I mean, they still do. But at, uh, at the time, he was this little, you know, little two-year-old toddler that just kind of hung out with the bike team. And we, we joked that one day at BC Super Week, there were these two, like, U23 guys just, like, sitting there like this between races. And Camden, like, waddled over, sat down between them. and was like, hey. <laughs> they were like, hey. <laughs> like, so he was part of our entourage. Um, I mean, cool. he... Uh, Annie won or she was second at Gastown um one of the years and uh I so I'm yelling go Annie go Annie he's 18 months old he then called all the girls Annie for the next two three weeks like that was just like Annie <laughs> um <laughs> no so, it's mommy yeah. not Annie <laughs> mommy mommy <laughs> he, he loved them they loved him it was it was a really great um really great kind of it, it was it was the village for me to help bring up my kid. I was at home um, doing doing this, and so it was a real lovely community for me to have with him. Um, something that I think a lot of people don't really understand. Like it, it was, uh, it seemed really natural to me at the time. Um, I was in charge of this. This is what I did. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I was. This is uh, my kids coming with me. That's just what I do, right? Like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I totally uh, agree with you. It's like, hey, I'm just gonna bring the bring my kid with me. Like, what, really? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. And he was really used to that, and that's what he did. And he was very worldly by the time he was three and a half years oh my old. Gosh, I guess so. Um, his speech was really good, mostly because he talked with adults all the time. And even to this day, his like, he's got a bit of a swagger that way. Um, <laughs> Being around then, girls like, all the time, I can see. Exactly. Like, I, and, and, uh, I mean, when we said we were moving to Milton, his only thing was, but do I still get to see my girls? Yes. Oh, oh, no, girls. You can see more girls. There's more girls. There. Um, and what about your daughter? So she was born in September. Uh, and, uh, that summer, uh, was a super successful summer. We luckily nationals in, um, 20, was it 2015, 2016 or 2016, 2017? Anyways, for two years, they were right at home. So that made that really easy. Um, Gatineau was another big race right at home. Again, made it really easy. Um, my daughter was born in September. Um, I, I had been, we'd been at BC Super Week until kind of that five weeks before uh, when you're not allowed to fly. So I flew yep. home like three days before my cutoff, um, which wasn't a problem with either of my kids because they just like to hang out in there. So we weren't, we weren't in any danger of having the baby early by any stretch. Um, I remember that flight home because Camden screamed and was screaming, I want to bite you, like the whole takeoff. And there was a family behind me that were just cracking up. They thought it was so funny, this like two-year-old, like trying to like get at us. Um, but uh, then, like, El yeah, exactly. Uh, so Elodie was born on Labor Day Monday, um, and the girls oh, at the time. Like the seventh? Uh, the fifth that year. Yeah. My daughter's the third. Oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, on, uh, it was, 
they, they were down in St. Louis for a s series of races. Um, and I was kind of mobile directing, if you will, like giving them some feedback before and after. And I was in the hospital the next, on the Monday. You had your baby? Oh yeah, yeah. You don't need to talk right now. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I need something to keep my mind off this. LED had some complications, so we were in the hospital. And I was like, no, seriously, let me talk about creation all day. That's way more fun than sitting in the neonatal ICU. <laughs> yeah, like let, let's do this. Um, so we got out of the hospital on the Thursday and the Friday, uh, the, the weekend was the GPCQM. So the girls were racing on the Saturday. So Elodie at five days old, um, we drove up from Ottawa to Montreal to watch the bike race. And I mean, I'd say she was really little, but she was born at 10 pounds. So she wasn't that little. <laughs> um, but that was, that was just the life that I lived. Right. I was like, no, I'm way more like, I want to do something like, I can sit in a car or I can sit in our house. Let's get out of here and go to the bike race. Um, so again, LED grew up with, with, with that group. It, um, I think that family element of it was so wonderful and also was really stretched that, that, that winter um, as one of, our, one of our girls got, got hit by a car. Um, and passed away two days oh before Christmas. Gosh, I remember that. Yeah. And that so, was in New Brunswick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ellen had gone home uh, for uh, for Christmas, and two days before Christmas, got hit from behind uh, by a car traveling at ninety kilometers an hour. Um, and it was, I think that that was probably one of the hardest things that I've had to go through. One of them. <laughs> Um, and that, that family aspect was very much tested in there. Um, it was the first hard thing that I think my son's ever had to go through. Uh, she was essentially like a nanny to him, which was, which kind of compounded it, right? Like, you're like, oh, okay. So this is hard for me. This is hard for my husband. This is also hard for my three-year-old. How do you explain that this person is gone from your life? Um, so that, that was, I think, that was a pretty crazy time um, and trying to support a team that was so tight and that, that were like, a, like family and how do you support people through that time. And um, I think it, it still feels pretty surreal to talk about six, uh, four years later. Um, just one of those things that you, you, you can't emphasize road safety enough. Um, it, it is, it, it's a life-changing thing. Um, and yeah, just super crazy. Uh, so it, it, that really set a different tone for 2017. It, it made the team, uh, I, I think it made it really tough for anyone coming in because there was, there was just this, this camaraderie uh, for the girls that had been there before. Um, but also just this underlying kind of sadness that, that everybody was dealing with. Um, and we tried to, we tried to deal with it head on. Um, I think that's all you can do. You know, like you gotta, you gotta acknowledge the elephant in the room. Um, but it definitely, it, it, it was a changing point for, for that group. Um, and all those women will forever be super important to me, um, to, to have lived through that with them. Um, I, I think that all of us were really shaped by Ellen, um, very, very special human being. So it uh yeah that that was 
probably my hardest moment as a coach. <laughs> that, um, you had like a year with them and then you switched it up. So what made you decide that, yeah. you know, like that was it or did, did the team take on another coach or how did you transition out of being part of the cyclery coach to deciding to go to Milton and, you know, start the, the junior programs, which are definitely needed. But yeah, how did you so, make that transition? Like, for me, it was um, the position became available. Uh, the the coach that had been there, um, had, uh, for for family reasons, moved back to Australia, and and okay. he was a great guy, and I would have loved to have worked with him. Um, but the position became available in April, and I went. This is not the right time for me. <laughs> I have an eight month old. I want to be at home with her. This isn't right, but this is my dream job. Uh, and okay. I believe I can make a difference and I can't not apply. So I, I applied to it. I think everything you need to know is I took the first, the initial uh, phone interview from my car with my mom, with the kids in the library. Um, and uh, the second one we had actually, uh, the follow-up interview I actually took from a hotel room in uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. We were there for North Star with the girls um, and my in-laws and my two children. So I'm in a hotel room with my two kids. My in-laws are in another like hotel in there um, and they're with the kids at like the swimming pool while I take the second interview in the middle of a stage race, which I, again, just kind of puts the whole life together for me. The other side That's of it like was some normalhood, normalcy right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I, 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 the, the, the time at the cyclery for me was amazing, but it was all volunteer. Um, so this was also an opportunity. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was I'm just like, wow. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of, that's a lot of volunteering. I mean, I yeah. did all volunteering too, like when I coached and, but it was my, it was my master's, it was our, it was our club's team. So of course, who's yeah. going to take care of it? And uh, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And, and I don't like, I mean, what it gave to me personally, and I had, the, I, I had the luxury of being able to do that. Chris had a great job with the government the cost of living in Gatineau was not high. <laughs> we could do it. It allowed me to have my kids. Um, near the end, I figured I was doing probably 20 hours a week um, with it between that and some personal, personal coaching. So there was a lot of draw to being able to come to Milton. The big thing for me is again, being able to do that face-to-face -face coaching with athletes was really exciting to have access to a higher budget was really exciting. Um, <laughs> to be part and, of that budget was really exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I, but I'm worth, <laughs> mm. and, and so there were, there was a lot of things that I had to negotiate coming, coming here. A lot of it for me was I had always told myself that I wasn't going to put my kids in daycare. And so I went from being there to putting my daughter in, in childcare at 11 months of age. And that was, that was hard for me. That was a lot of like personal reckoning. Um, actually, you're, you're chatting with Emily later and uh, Emily actually came in um, like nannied for me for the first month I was here um, because that, that was like, that was something that was important to me and was not to put my daughter into childcare before she was a year old. 
Um, she's fine. She, she's like the happiest, most wonderful kid in the world. Um, childcare was great for her. I, you know, like you look back on it and you have all these like ideals and the great part about parenting is you're going to mess them up somehow. And yet at the same time, they're incredibly resilient and they manage to make it through regardless of what you do. So they love playing things. with other kids. I mean, like, they, like, Oh, they do. Yeah. It's like, what and, do you mean? You want, don't want to be with me. No, I want to be with my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, no, it's, it's, and, and I mean, there's been challenges for sure. Um, my, my time, since, since we got here three and a half years ago has been up and down and all over the place for sure. Um, but it is pretty special to be able to be paid to be a coach um, for the national team. It's, I, I, I again, I, I pretty much have my dream job. Um, uh, I have great coworkers and I get to wait, I get to work with to work apparently. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm about two and a half kilometers. We, we bought a house a couple of years ago now. Um, and that just helped kind of ground us here. I think when we first moved here, it was like, oh, are we going to stay or is this going to be like a, a temporary thing? So, um, yeah, we're, we came to the conclusion that my daughter has actually had all four of her birthdays in Milton. So we, we, we live here now, like this is our thing. And, um, and we miss Ottawa. Ottawa is a great town. Um, will we be back there? Maybe we miss it. Um, but Milton's pretty special too. And, you know, you only have to walk into that building once and really look around and be like, yeah. I have not yeah. had the pleasure of doing that. I've been to Forest City many uh, enough times just as something to do, break up the, the winter of training. I bring a, a group. Well, our, I brought our team down a couple of times just to get on the track and, and feel it, you know, just like a team building kind of thing and just totally to up the winter. Um, and that's the, the time that I've been there and I've, I see that Rob Good is doing a whole bunch of cool things. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah, so I haven't been to Milton, but I'm sure being on a bigger track will be way nice. You, you gotta come. It's, I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It, well, now that you, I know every that so you're often. there, I might yeah, just absolutely. Uh, absolutely. come down and say hi, because um, I'm to coaching a para-athlete and we're- Oh, cool. We're, um, well, the race schedules, there's, there's a couple down your way, but I'm not putting all of them on the schedule because you've got to pick and choose. Absolutely. Like, it's just a lot of driving and I guess yes. a lot of driving for one event and um, there's more important and then there's training for more the more important and having your little, the, the little training races and things like that. So yeah. yeah. I'll definitely make it down there, but Please I guess, do. well, I will now, <laughs> maybe I'll put that London race time trial on the go. event so we can go hang out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because yeah, that would be uh that would be really fun. Cause I, I see so many pictures and I hear so many good things and I just haven't been, uh, been able to get down there, but Bromont's putting one up. Yep. They're covering yep. theirs. They should be, I don't know when they're breaking ground. Maybe it's this, this year. I think it's soon. Yeah, I think soon. Yeah, it's, that's also really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, they have a big project for that. I've been, uh, been mm -hmm. watching that too. Nicholas is uh, one of the guys and been, uh, I'm like, yeah. He's done well, a fantastic job. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, he's been working really hard on that. So I guess, you know, 
momhood cycling we'll bring it to an end we've had some amazing conversations this is i mean there's so many areas that we could take and continue chatting but um maybe we'll just have to save it for a follow-up <laughs> absolutely i i mean unfortunately i can talk i you know you're like oh, that seems like a long but i can talk for a long time so that, well, that's I not love it because <laughs> it's good conversation it's not like you know boring it's like oh yeah yeah and it's funny and that's <laughs> That's another thing, you know, it's, it's entertaining and it's, you know, it keeps you engaged, kept me, me engaged. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. And then how do you do like, <laughs> but anyways, I mean, I could ask lots of questions, but we have fulfilled all of my concern <laughs> my, like, awesome. notes for this time, but I've so, I'm so happy you, um, you decided to, you know, come on and for this episode. And of course, you will be seeing us because a lot of interesting things, and I'm going to give everybody, all of our listeners, a heads up about, you know, not too much of a heads up, but with our women's collaborative or collective in Canada. Right, yeah. In Canada, yeah, I hate, I'm like, ooh, should I say anything? But um, I think this is super powerful. I don't know how you feel about this, but um, it gives me chills to know that, there are some women, who, um, the, the ladies who started this have pulled together, like, you know, the, I can't wait to see the next meeting who's going to be, uh, in attendance. Cause, um, oh my gosh, I can feel the power from this idea. I don't Absolutely. know. About you, but, it's, I mean, it's, I think women in sport, women in cycling is probably a whole, whole separate hour for itself, but, um, oh, yeah. That's what Pretty we need exciting. a couple people on here. We yeah. just have a little bit of a panel talking about it once we get started. And um, I was just saying like how we can, you know, create a framework for other women in other countries. For sure. Yeah. No. All right. So well, let's things. stop. We're not going to talk about yeah. this. <laughs> anyways, I got so many things to say about that, but I have personally been waiting for something like this to land in mm -hmm. front of me so that not to say that I would be the one to start it, but I don't know. I just, I want to be part and, and, For uh, sure. well, and, and when you give to the, the women's cycling community, it's pretty neat to get to spend time with other people who also give. So no, thanks for having me, Sylvie. I really enjoyed that today. And, uh, yeah, we, we will so talk some more again, soon. Jenny. Oh yes. We'll definitely, um, get you back on here so thanks a lot jenny and before i go awesome. thanks to our listeners for listening to this episode Absolutely. um please like comment and share and put your notifications on because i have so many amazing uh guests coming on here of from all different avenues and um oh yeah i have a bunch of <laughs> requests for for me for you for uh some to get some other extraordinary ladies on here but thanks everybody um, have an amazing day. Thanks a lot, Jenny. All right. Thanks. Take care, Sylvie. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. 
Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.